Hi, and welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast, where we examine the latest trends in digital marketing to help you get more leads and clients. I'm Tim Barron, and this podcast is brought to you by the team at Good To Be Social, a digital marketing agency for lawyers and law firms. In today's episode, I chat with some of the Baker McKenzie team, Aaron Nixon, head of digital marketing, and Will White, the director of marketing and communications. Baker McKenzie is one of the world's leading law firms with 77 offices in 47 countries. And among the efforts Baker McKenzie excelled in in our 2017 social law firm index is social media, in particular Facebook, where they claim the top spot. But this conversation covers a lot more than that. Aaron and Will talk about the content sharing checklist they provided for us, which you can find on our Good To Be Social blog and how social and digital media should fit into your overall marketing and communications effort, and the approach they take to analytics. A recurring thought throughout is, don't be afraid to fail. That's great advice. All right, on with the show. All right, welcome to the show, Aaron and Will. Can you tell us a little bit about your roles at Baker McKenzie? Aaron, maybe we can start with you. Sure, no problem. So my name is Erin Nixon. I'm the head of digital marketing in our global marketing communications team here at Baker McKenzie. So a lot, a lot of that really involves, I suppose, uh, setting and um, devising the strategy around some of our biggest global channels. So that goes from our main website, uh, bakermckenzie.com, right through to our social channels, um, our blog platforms, um, and then our strategy around sort of our client resources digitally and uh, through our apps and other digital tools that we have as well. So it's quite wide ranging. <laughs> what about you, Will? Yeah, so I, I am uh, actually eyes off today, Tim. Breaking news here. I am the global director of marketing communications for Baker McKenzie, and so I have ultimate responsibility for our our global marketing and communications teams around the world, but also oversight of what goes on at a, a country level. And, and and obviously, you know, we're a big firm, a very complex law firm, we're in forty seven countries, seventy seven offices. And as I think we'll come on and talk about later. You know, one of our both our challenges and our opportunity is, is how is how we uh, interface with with those different people around the world. Sure. So, as our audience and our listeners will deduce from uh, our different accents, we're obviously in different parts of the world. <laughs> so, I'm in New York City. Where are you guys located? I'm located in our global services center in Belfast. And you will. I'm in, I'm in London most of the time, but I'm coming, in fact, I'm coming to the States tomorrow, so I spend a lot of my time traveling. Oh, awesome. This may be our first truly international podcast episode, so uh, way to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you provided a super useful content strategy and execution checklist for us, which we put together in a blog post that came out of your placing first in our social law firm index of 2017 in social media, and particularly in Facebook. And so I'd like to congratulate you for that, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I'd like to expand on a few of those points in the checklist. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit more big picture. So how does social and digital media fit into your overall marketing and communications effort? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll kick off with that. And obviously, Aaron, chip in if, you've got, if I've missed something obvious, which I probably have. To be honest, Tim, it, it, it has to be 
right at the heart and centre of, of, of what we do in terms of our overall marketing and comms efforts. It's so important now to have a fully integrated platform, a fully integrated campaign strategy that, you know, no longer, you know, even a couple of years ago, I think in some organisations, social media and digital was seen as a sort of afterthought. Yeah, let's whack the PDF of the report up online. <clears throat> I think it's so important nowadays that, you know, we can we reverse that. I know Erin's very strong proponents of a digital first strategy, and she can talk about what that means. But I think that's the uh, that's the key, really, for our thinking is that we no longer look at things through a, a lens or a prism of well, marketing's over there, and communications is over there, and social somewhere in the middle, and digital sort of floating off in the ether. They have to all be in the same room, and that's why you know when we launch, a, say, a campaign, and we've got some examples we want to talk about in a minute. That we really think through, you know, how are we going to do this? What, what's the social media strategy? What's the digital strategy? What's our strategy with traditional media? What's the, what's the strategy for our internal communications? How do we roll this out across different social media channels would be another example of where we're really trying to differentiate our thinking. You know, what's the difference between Facebook's mentioned that we've won the category there? You know, that's a very different platform to, to LinkedIn, very different platform to Twitter. And actually, again, going back to the complexity point, you know, Facebook means different things in different parts of the world. I mean, I'm, I remember talking to our head of marketing in Brazil recently, and for them, Facebook is much, much closer to LinkedIn than, say, uh, the image that Facebook has or has traditionally had of being more of a sort of recruitment or, or a tool to, to help encourage people to learn more about what we're doing in, say, pro bono or corporate social responsibility. So, long answer. But basically, I would say, as I said at the beginning, our social and digital strategy has to be right at the heart of everything we do as a firm external to the profile. And Aaron, as you address that, could you talk a little bit more um, and sort of dig into how social, um, in reference to what Will was saying, and digital media fit into your overall marketing and communications? Because I think sometimes we in the digital marketing space can forget about some of the other marketing efforts that go about. So how do you put together in a sort of a cohesive strategy, social and digital media into your overall marketing efforts? Well, I, I think like anything, you know, whether it's digital or traditional and, and more offline methods, it's down to the planning um, really, you know, taking the technology out of it, um, because the problem is never the technology. <laughs> you know, there are so many tools at our disposal, but I, I think it comes down to the planning and really looking at the objectives. Um, I mean, you know, we, we all know this, uh, we all know what we're trying to achieve, but I think sometimes in the thick of it, uh, when we have people looking at the shiny new channels that we have and the great content, everyone gets very excited about, we should just blast it out everywhere. And I think what we want to do is really take a moment about what are we really trying to achieve and, and who for, you know, what, who is our audience and where are they? I think what Will was saying is absolutely right about recognizing that the different channels have very different audiences um, with different mindsets you know, when, when they're using them. And I think we have to be very aware um, that, you, that you have to sort of pick what works for your brand, what works in a B2B market um, for professional services. It may not work for another firm uh, in retail, for example. So, you know, we have this plethora of channels we can use and it's, it's about really focusing on the channels that, that work for us. So I guess that's why we do start with an overall social media strategy where we look at the channels, we look at our audience and we look at what type of content we want to promote on each one to achieve a particular objective. 
and, and so recognizing sort of where we are in that strategy and where we want to get to, I think then we can get into the individual campaigns. I think there's a great temptation to look at these channels and say, oh, well, you know, it's free. We should be using this. But there's no such thing. <laughs> so, you know, whether it's resourcing or, you know, you, you kind of pay with, with, your, with your brand as such, you know, we have to really be careful and manage that. And certainly in our marketing and communications teams, we're, we're very aware of that. But, you know, I think it kind of goes further than, you know, it's, it's thinking about digital as uh, the norm, <laughs> maybe, um, and not just as that add-on at the end, and, and really making sure that it's part of our efforts in understanding what you can achieve with, with social media, for example, and what that leads to. So, you know, when we think about events, for example, as, as a really key part of our engagement with clients, you know, how do we use social media to promote our events? Um, what data can we get out of that? What leads can we develop? Um from, you know, at an event, using hashtags, using our content to really give it a, a long life cycle. So I think it's about just joining everything up and not looking at them as separate channels, really, in, in one, one campaign. So I think planning it and then looking at, you know, the measurement that you can get out of that and measuring return on investments, I guess, like any other marketing strategy, you know, digital really is, is no different. It's just the tactics are different. So I love what you said. Um, I, I, actually, I love a couple of things that you said, which is, giving digital and social a seat at the table, you know, not as something that's an add-on. And when you do that, taking technology out of the equation when you're thinking about strategy, that's just that's something to facilitate it. So that's great. So onto the checklist in a way that we can talk about digital strategy, because I think that, I remember the first two items, you talked about a little bit, and I want to expand on that, about identifying your audience. I think a lot of people... Mm -hmm start with a digital strategy or even a marketing strategy in general and they forget they're like okay this is what I'm gonna do this is what we're gonna produce this is where we're gonna send it out this is how we're gonna promote it but they don't they never think about starting off with identifying an audience how do you guys go about doing that I think we look at uh, different things can work with different audiences now, I think traditionally for law firms, they probably had one audience, and that was their clients and their clients alone, and they probably treated all their clients in the same way. I think for us, we're increasingly not only differentiating amongst our clients, but also looking at other audiences. You know, we're a big organization. We recruit um, hundreds of uh, law school students a year across the world. You know, we've got to understand what their requirements are and what, what, what their special needs are. We recruit a lot of partner people at the partner level. I think it was something like, I think nearly 100 last year, 100 lateral partners. So those are special audiences. There might be others too. Then media, traditional media, new media, bloggers. You know, I think one thing that we are seeing uh, more interest on from is people like yourself, to be honest. Not non-traditional media outlets that can help us broadcast our news, but also we've got to be aware of and from a, from a negative point of view sometimes as well. So... So there are, might be governments, might be regulators, might be bar councils. So I think the picture is far more complex and there are far many different and more different audiences than there were even a decade ago. And, and, you know, how we communicate with them, whether it's social media, digital, whether it's blogs, whether it's more traditional media press outreach, they're all different forces for courses, if you were. In identifying such a wide array of audiences, which I think is really essential, because I think, again, even when folks get over that hump about or realize that they do have to identify audiences, my experience is that they would just focus in on one narrow audience. For instance, like let's say a consumer-facing law firm would focus in on the consumer as opposed to 
in addition to that, focusing on potential referral sources. How do you create a content strategy so that you appeal to all audiences without, without it being overwhelming? There's some, just so many hours in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that's really where we, we choose our channels quite carefully, you know, understanding that there is a different focus and a different audience for different channels. So for us, for example, I mean, we're delighted to be the number one on, on Facebook, um, according to your index, which which really we focus in on on some of our CSR um, and pro bono work, um, which is really important to our strategy and, and to our clients as well. But we find that Facebook and increasingly video on Facebook works very well to get that message across. It's fantastic for recruitment. So a lot of our local offices would, would be using Facebook extensively in, in their recruitment process. And then I guess LinkedIn is where we really showcase more of our, our thought leadership for our clients. And as a firm, you know, we have a, a vision that at its center really focuses on helping our clients be successful and to simplify our clients' experience of kind of walking through this complex regulatory world. And as a global law firm, I suppose it, it's a given that we know the law and we can advise on the law. The value that we provide is in getting to know the business issues that our clients are dealing with. Um, so it's more than the legal landscape. It's the issues they're dealing with in their industry, you know, topics like Brexit and Trump and the activity that's going on around um, financial markets. It's very important for us that we understand what our clients are facing. And so when we're producing content, we're looking at the key issues in each of those industries and really tailoring the content around, you know, not just here's a client alert about a particular piece of legislation. It is what does this piece of legislation mean for your business and how can we help? So in that way, really, we're not just broadcasting uh, and achieving reach, you know, because it's very easy to do that. It's very easy to pay your way into achieving really impressive metrics, but we need to be able to show engagement with our clients and show return on investment. And ultimately that means talking about what's important to them. So there's extensive research around that. And, and that's really where we focus our business development and our, our marketing efforts. That's great. Now, shifting from strategy to execution, would you be willing to share some initiatives that you've undertaken in the last year to build out your social media and digital marketing presence? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll kick off and then Erin can certainly get into uh, more detail. I mean, we, we've been very lucky this last year. We've had a new chairman at the firm, Paul Rawlinson, who's brought a new vision, a uh, new, new purpose, and basically really a new life, I think, to, to a lot of our external profile and communications and I'm going to come on and talk about him and what he does in social media later but in terms of a campaign you, you referred to I mean we've had a, a big campaign running throughout uh, the last nine months or so last year or so called the new lawyer which has had many different facets and, and Aaron can talk about the specific campaign that we ran in New York and, and other things associated with it but it's embraced everything from our internal communications how we've worked as an organization but also social media aspects. There's been some traditional media aspects. There's been some film aspects. You know, it's been very, very multifaceted and, and I think has really, you know, engaged across the firm and across the sort of marketing and comms community as well. So a lot of people have fed into it. But Erin, but why don't you talk about the specifics? Sure, yeah. So we rebranded in 2016, uh, which was quite a big project in itself for a law firm with 77 offices, as you can imagine. And so really some of the key messaging out of that, as Will said, is the new lawyer. What we 
found was, you know, we've consistently ranked uh, number one in the Acrotest um, brand index, you know, as, as having the, the strongest law firm brand in, in the world, which is fantastic. And that's great for our brand recognition. But what we were finding is that at times we were known more for our geographic reach than our specialist expertise and our high quality work on transactional deals particularly. So following this rebrand um, and as Will said with with Paul really taking on the helm and, and being fantastic visionary for us, it's the perfect time to go to market with a fresh approach. Recognizing, as I said earlier, that clients really want lawyers who can help them navigate this complex world that they find themselves in with a lot of business issues that we can help with. And the new lawyer campaign really was focused around particular markets. So we chose to run a a pilot fully digital campaign, uh, which is something that we're not aware of any other law firm of our size doing as a purely digital positioning piece. And we we worked with it with an agency in New York to really target into our market of key decision makers, C-suite executives in some of our our key clients and and big organizations in New York. So we decided to run a six-week pilot campaign. The beauty of this really is that the whole idea is around, you know, testing and trying something and and see what works and refining as you go along. And I think that's one of the key things about digital and and the great opportunities that it gives us really. You know, really the, the objectives of the campaign was to potential clients and potential recruits as well for the firm is to increase consideration of us as uh, both as an employer and obviously as a, as, a, as a law firm and to increase awareness of us as this law firm where traditionally, you know, with the big New York firms, you know, our name wouldn't be number one on, on the list really, despite being you know, the top law firm brand. So we devised this campaign and it really had a mixture of things. So we had a, a video to, to launch the brand um, we had contextual display, uh, high impact, impact display. We also ran native content. So a lot of our thought leadership, we wanted to really push that out um, where our audience were reading other business publications. And then we had a sponsored social element to that as well. So our own content sponsored on, on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook was very, very targeted as well. And so I think when we look at this six-week campaign and we refined it throughout, obviously that's that's quite a short space of time, but we found that we wanted to make sure we had something really measurable, so we really see where, where the opportunities lay and, and how we had performed. We ran a survey as part of this as well, and, and what I would say for anyone undertaking this, and it doesn't matter you know, what the budget is, if it's a small local campaign or a wider global campaign, is the testing element is so important. We ran a survey um, really to test brand awareness beforehand, um, an online survey, and then we ran the same survey with the same type of people or people that we knew had seen our advertising afterwards. And we saw quite a significant increase, I guess, in that awareness and consideration and awareness of the brand term, the new lawyer. So I think, you know, we were really encouraged by that because really what we were trying to do was let our content be seen. It wasn't really, it wasn't really about advertising as such. It was just about getting people to be aware of what we meant by the new lawyer and who we really were in how we, we wanted to work with our clients and how we really were getting knowledge of their industry. And we had some really good targeting and really good contextual placements as well within that. So that was a first for us as a firm to run a fully digital campaign. And we had some really great learnings from it as well, which we're going to hopefully use next year to run similar campaigns and again, improve, I suppose. So that was really quite exciting for us and something new and something very measurable as well, which I think is important because, as I said, regardless of budget, it's very important to know what's working for you. 
Um, and that's why, you know, taking the extra time to kind of really assess where you are. So you're not, you're not guessing and saying, oh, we should do a campaign. You actually have evidence that you should do a campaign because your brand awareness is low or your messaging is, is not getting through. So I think that assessment of where you are in the market is very important before, during and after. What a great uh, initiative. And a couple of things that you mentioned there. One was the objectives, which is goals, which is some of the first thing you think of when you develop a strategy. And it really was the first thing in your checklist, if I remember correctly. And at the end there, you talked about analytics. In addition to some of the outreach or the surveys and stuff like that that you did, um, what is your approach to analytics in terms of measuring the success and figuring out what works and what, what doesn't? I think with, with analytics, it's something that's changing all the time. <laughs> as the channels change, you have to really pay attention um, to the benchmarks in your industry as well. I think it's, it's very important to know the averages and to know what's out there. And there are lots of tools that can help you build that. And particularly if you work with agencies, they can really help you to give that, that knowledge as well. So that's one thing. I wouldn't say it's the most important thing, but it is important to know in relation to industry standards, you know, how, how you're performing. And then I think there's so much data that you can get from all of your digital activity and it can be quite overwhelming at times and we feel that a lot, you know, because you, you've got data coming out of your ears and you don't know where to put it and what spreadsheet to send to, to, to which person. And sometimes they don't all make sense without an overall context. So I think that's why it's very important to talk about analytics early in the process and really figure out what success means because saying oh, we got a thousand visits to that thought leadership report. I mean, the first question anyone asks is, is, well, is that good? It's an arbitrary number, really, unless it has a context. So I would say that the absolute numbers aren't really important to start with. I think you start tracking what, what's important to you, what data you can get, and what way you can measure it. And then I think you, you have to pitch it against, A, the industry standards that I just talked about there, just so that you can benchmark. And then I think you have to start looking at your other activity. So what we do is look at all of our thought leadership campaigns and we track metrics of all of those so that we can just see, well, what are the topics that are really resonating or are there any trends? And that's one thing I would say is that you shouldn't really just look at one month of activity. You have to look over time. You have to look at it in context. So look at some of those bigger kind of stats on, you know, maybe on our, our .com website, we look at the overall metrics to check things like you know, bounce rate and, you know, time on site. Is there anything crazy happening out of the ordinary? But then also to really get into the campaigns and, and see what's happening along the funnel. Ultimately, you know, you want to end up with leads and conversations and meetings uh, with clients. So figure out what the best way of measuring that is. And sometimes it's anecdotal and that's okay. If that's all you can measure is that you need you know, someone in your client management team to come back to you and say, oh, hey, I had a conversation with this person because of that thought leadership report. You know, that level of communication, that internal communication is so important because it, it is difficult to track what happens when someone jumps from the online experience to the offline. So you are relying on, on your colleagues to help you <laughs> get that feel good factor at, at the other end. But I think as early as you can to get those conversations in and for them to understand why it's important that you hear those sorts of stories back again is, is great. But more and more, you can track a lot of things. And, and I think what, you know, what we are good at is understanding the content that we own. Uh, we have a lot of data about what we own, but I think in the years to come and probably next year, 
we do need to look at what's happening in the industry more. We need to listen to what other people are saying about us um, and what other people are saying about the industries um, that we're focused on. Um, because I think it's, you know, it's fine to listen to what you're in control of and what you're saying, but you really need to hear those conversations and the sentiment that's out there in, in the industry. So that's going to be a big focus area. Absolutely. That is so important and so useful. You know, you've come up, both of you have given such useful information. That I'm almost tempted to ask you back on podcasts in the future to go deep on each of these. Because <laughs> I, I, I feel like I would love to go really, really deep on what you just said. But unfortunately, we have to wrap up. But before we go, are there any, anything that I missed asking you or any actionable takeaways that can you, you can leave with our audience? There's a couple of things I mean I, I wanted to, to, to raise and one of them is just a simple sort of mantra that I think Erin and I have talked about before is that you know you can't be afraid to fail. I think you know now is the time to try new things. They don't work, they don't work, you dust yourself off and you try something try something new. So that would be the first thing I, I would say. The second thing, and I might briefly mention this earlier, but I think it's so important the tone from the top for what we're trying to do here. And you know, having a chairman, a chair who Paul Orson, who is both active on Twitter, active on LinkedIn, and gets it, and gets what social media, gets what marketing, gets what the new digital world's all about, just makes such a difference. And we try to not only use him, but also other leaders of the firm to, to really spread the message to the whole firm, to be honest, that this is, this is the way forward, this is the way to get clients engaged. And I think that really helps. And I think, as I say, the tone from the top is, is very important as far as I'm concerned. I love that. You know, the, one of the things that we hear from many firms in terms of getting their initiatives implemented is getting buy-in from everyone from members of the firm all the way to the top. So the fact that you have someone all the way at the top setting an example of how to use these platforms and how effective they can be is, I'm sure, makes your job uh, a, lot, <laughs> a lot easier. But I also really appreciated that uh, the term don't be afraid to fail. I think a lot of times we as marketers are always judged on our successes and not so much on our efforts, right? So, so don't be afraid, afraid to fail is a good way to end this podcast. Thank you so much, Erin and Will. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Before you go, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with digital marketing and how to make it work for you and for your firm? If so, please go to lawfirmmarketinghelp.com and sign up for a free digital audit. The audit will provide you with all of the information you need to build a blueprint for your digital marketing strategy to produce the results you want. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud and wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'd deeply appreciate it if you left a review. You'll find the show notes for this episode, along with all of the Legal Marketing 2.0 episodes at gettobesocial.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time.